0: There, planet Earth, and happy Friday. Thanksgiving almost here, flu season definitely here. It's Friday, and it's always Friday with me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. ICYMI, or in case you missed it, SMB stands for Small and Medium Sized Business. For the last 20 years, I've been a consultant for SMBs, a voice and a sounding board for business leaders advocating on their behalf, their employees as well. I believe very strongly, people. In sharing stories, providing perspective, and creating connection. So, every single Friday, you can find me here on talkradio.myc doing just that, lending what's left of my mind and my voice to this radio show where I interview SMB leaders and their trusted advisors. One thing I've noticed over the years is that some of the best thought leadership for SMBs, it actually happens on Friday, right about the time we feel the freedom of the weekend coming. However, we're all so anxious to start the weekend. These crucial pearls of wisdom, they're often overlooked. They're swept aside. They're forgotten in favor of our fun weekend activities and our freedom from work. Here on the show, we take advantage of that weekend freedom and clarity, and we discuss popular topics that are on the minds of SMB leaders and their trusted advisors. Once again, the name of the show, not just to play on words. My last name means free in German, so a little bit of rhyme and reason, method behind the madness, if you will. So... I've been feeling sick the last few days. First time that's happened in 102 episodes of doing a live radio show. While I'm not happy about it, uh, I do have some time to do some strategic planning for next year, taking it a little easy the last couple of days, probably into the weekend as well. Yeah, you know, This is the time of year where businesses really need to take stock of where they are, where they want to go, and how they want to get there. And although a lot of businesses will talk about it, it's fewer and further between that they actually go out and execute on it. So, today we're going to talk a little bit about SMBs increasing revenue through a fractional executive, like a fractional CRO. Very often, if you're an entrepreneur and you're a small medium-sized business owner, you feel the need to do everything yourself. Right? You're a big risk taker. You have access to all kinds of information out there on the internet. Everybody feels the need to go out and figure out how to best navigate their challenges, their type of business model. And the long story short is You don't have to feel like you're alone. There are people out there who can give a little bit of an impartial perspective, people who have tons and tons of experience in the world of sales and business development and strategy, and it is not something that has to be left up to you as a business owner, especially if sales isn't necessarily your strong point. Now, a lot of times business owners will feel like they're they're the best ones to sell the platform, the product, the service, whatever it is, because they're the ones who are closer to it. And sometimes the exact opposite can actually be true. The closer you are to something, the harder it can be to explain it to other people. So talk is cheap. We know that. We're on talkradio.myc. We don't want this to just be talk. The goal is to use the insight on the business landscape and create some some really more impact that that we can realize on Monday morning. It's far too often that the businesses I deal with out there, they're focused on the product that's going to solve all of their problems, the shiny new mousetrap, the magic wand. One consistent thing I see out there is products change every single day in everything that we do. Personal, business, really doesn't matter. There is no substitute for surrounding yourself with the right people first and keeping a focus on the process that's really going to help you achieve your goals. You do that. The right products will be there when you need them everything begins and ends with the people so you guys know i like to surround myself with the right people in the spirit of doing that we have a great show for you here today our special guest is john noonan president of growth plan partners and advisor consultant with sales acceleration so a little bit about john john has built a reputation as a versatile and growth-minded uh leader with a rich history of capturing multi-million dollar sales revenue navigating ambiguous And navigating ambiguous and ambitious market penetration initiatives and systematically revitalizing sales and marketing teams that grow both the top and the bottom line. He's demonstrated an expertise in forging long lasting professional alliances, empowering diverse and high performing teams throughout the entire company. In addition, he's been consistently recognized as an exemplary communicator and a trainer with a talent for rapidly learning new techniques and methods excelling in fast-paced environments, and proactively identifying key areas for improvement. His main goal, help you set and execute a plan to quickly grow and profit in today's environment. Some quick unique qualifications and accomplishments. He has a passion for maximizing process efficiency. Again, there's that process word again. At all business levels, articulating far-reaching project goals, delivering high-impact presentations, and instilling trust in both clients and colleagues. Significantly outperform expectations in creating a remarkable $10 million, in, $10 million in revenue in new business within a period of six months at a signage company. Optimize a sales pipeline from $20 to $30 million and achieve bookings gain of 60% uh, as the executive vice president of sales and marketing at a large marketing organization. Uh, launched c- customized company websites, new customer relationship management systems, Long story short, he helps you build a path to more sales. He's been consistently recognized, you know, again, as an exemplary communicator, which is just further fuel for the fire. It's not what you say, it's how you say it. Many businesses struggle to grow their sales. And as an advisor, John will provide the leadership you need to find your best customers and build a sales engine to create record breaking growth for your business. Once the path is built, you can more easily find your way. Again, John is the ideal person to help you create this path for consistent growth. As an outsourced fractional VP of sales, you can deliver the process and results you expect. Whenever you're ready to take the first step, you can call, email, schedule a free consultation. We will get there, I promise. John has some great thoughts for SMB owners who are looking to grow their sales exponentially. As always, we're going to discuss my favorite questions. Who's your favorite movie or TV show character? What's your favorite movie or TV show? What's your favorite musical instrument? and Who's the artist you'd like to hear play it? Joining us from his home base in Westchester County, New York, John, welcome to Always Friday, brother. Great to see you here.
1: Thank you, Steve. I appreciate it very much. Who was that guy you described? Sounds like a top
0: guy. (laughs) Sounds pretty badass, right? I'm usually good at that. So, so John, most of my career has revolved around outsourcing crucial business functions. Sales is the driver of revenue, and yet many SMBs, they either don't believe or don't realize that they can get help from a trusted advisor who's not necessarily a full-time employee of the business. Let's hear about your journey. Tell us a little bit about how you got where you are today.
1: I appreciate that, Steve. Well, I spent uh, 30 plus years in corporate America um, working for everything from a $2 billion company down to about a $30 million company. Uh, The $2 billion company was great because that's where it was my boot camp. I was a salesman there, but that's where I decided I wanted to be a sales manager instead of a salesperson. And I, I truly believe it's kind of two different personalities. You know, number one mistake I see made in so many organizations today is take your best salesman, and make them your sales manager with no training, no nothing, just jump in the pool and start swimming. So we'll talk about that more later, but that's that's uh, I think there's some different personality sets that go along with your, you know, your enjoyment of managing people versus just getting out there and hunting. Okay. so 30 years there, big company where I got my boot camp training, got my first sales team, you know, actually got some training in sales management. And uh, went on from there. Was recruited away and worked for several different companies. You know, continuing to grow them. You know, one of my proudest successes was a company I came in at 30 million dollars between before eight years, we had them up to almost 150 million dollars with no acquisitions. This was all internal growth, starting new divisions, building new sales teams around them. Uh, Today, that company's uh, over half a billion dollars has merged with some others and alike. But uh, a lot of the work I've done is, you know, with the 30 to 50 million dollar company, taking them to 60, 80, 100 million dollars. Um, And uh, so after that adventure, and it was all fun, and you know, we all had to get through COVID and do that during COVID, it gave me some time to think about what I want to do, and as much fun as it is in corporate America, uh, traveled far too much, missed too many kids' birthday parties and Mm -hmm. uh, soccer games and all that kind of stuff, I said, yeah, maybe, you know, I can help small and medium-sized businesses locally and really move the needle you know we work in corporate America and you know it's big and exciting and the numbers are large uh, but that needle doesn't move very far right on a percentage basis so uh, I've been real excited to, uh, to join um, with sales acceleration with my company growth plan partners and and help these small and mid-sized businesses really grow maybe you know double triple or even better save somebody that's on a precipice that uh, you know is teetering on potentially going out. Um, I can show them the way and and uh put the processes and procedures in place and you said it earlier, um take over you know I do the work you, you made a comment earlier from some of our our marketing, but uh you know we don 't give you a compass and a map okay i 'm the guide i I come along to help you up the mountain. I help you do the work. I show you what to do. I show you how to stay safe. So uh, that's kind of my journey and why I got where I am. So having a lot more fun, to be honest with you, helping the small and mid-sized businesses and really enjoy my client base and uh, look forward to many more of them.
0: It's, it's great stuff, John. And one thing I heard there that I hope everyone picked up on is that not only are you a seasoned, tenured professional sales leader, but you're part of a network of people with sales acceleration that have some ridiculous sales experience. It's not just, it's also not just you out there, right? You're part of like, how many are there? 200 nationwide?
1: Yeah, there's close to 200. And uh, somebody said at the other, you know, at one of the meetings recently, they said, do you realize we have five, Thousand years of sales management experience amongst our organization. So, <laughs> if we haven't seen it or can't figure it out, it's extremely unusual. But uh, yeah, so the way sales acceleration works is, you know, we have our own companies. I work directly with my clients. Uh, but sales acceleration network allows me to pool my tools and systems and processes with the rest of the organizations and of course, we all come from different backgrounds market wise yes. right the types of markets that we worked in in our in our career, so I can almost guarantee that there is someone in sales acceleration that 's worked in every market in America, so if we need that talent or some specialized vision in a specific market, I can call on that person for simple advice and counsel for me to bring to the client. Or we may partner together. Um, you know, somebody makes thermonuclear couplers, which I have no idea what they even are. I, maybe I just made it up. Uh, but I bet you I have somebody that, that ran sales teams around that, and we could partner together where they could be the strategy and content side. And I'll be boots on the street working with the sales team and, and helping them accomplish and implement the plan.
0: So, you know, something that's been brought up time and time again in other shows that I've done is the idea of lead generation versus lead engagement and using the internet and using social media to get, you know, new clients and everything. You know, for somebody who has as much, you know, field experience as you and kind of the time and place that we're in now, has that, you know, altered or your, your go to market approach at all? Or is it, you know, kind of, kind of still doing some of the basics well?
1: But you still have to do the basics well and and you know there's no substitute for good marketing and marketing and sales have to work hand in hand now through my career i was generally the evp of sales and marketing let me be clear strategist on the marketing side never been inside a website or wordpress or pushed a button to send an email (laughs) last time you know i I had folks around me that did that and a director of marketing and things like that but it's so essential that they're in tune and and everybody's got the same message, the same content, and they understand what their role in the process is. Because marketing is, to your point, lead generation, brand you know identification, brand awareness. Uh, but what they do is build the top of the funnel. When we look at the sales funnel, where we kind of start with a client, the top are these leads, these people that have some general interest, they may be buying what you sell, they may have interest in going there. And that's great. You got to build those possibilities up. okay? Uh, and then sales's job is to take them from the top of the funnel and pull them through, engage the client, understand the client, walk them through the process. And and one of the things I tell people all the time and, and when they say process, a lot of people talk about sales process um as much as i have to use that word in my business uh it's it's a dirty word in front of a customer let's worry about the buying process let's worry about what the customer's process is not ours okay so you know walking them through and understanding their process taking them through the journey hopefully showing them that something we have is something they need and it just naturally comes together so, uh, you know, I, I, I see this need to, you know, continue to work together. Uh, how has the Internet changed things? Well, we're being bombarded now, right, on the yeah. Internet. It's it's insane. Um,
0: I heard of it, uh, it oh, one, at one point as marketing is asking someone out on a date and branding is the reason they say yes. Right. <laughs> but, but, but but we'll come back to that in just a moment. We got to take like a quick, quick break, John, but we will be sure. right back with John Noonan, president of Growth Plan Partners, powered by Sales Acceleration. Stay with us. Thank you.
2: That's the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc.
0: Welcome back, everybody. It's Friday. It's always Friday. And it's me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. We are chatting with John Noonan, president of Growth Plan Partners, powered by Sales Acceleration. John, before we get into the method behind your madness, I thought we would just sit out by my fire pit, which after feeling sick for a couple of days, sounds glorious right about now. And just uh, give a quick perspective on the situation. Most businesses, every business out there, really, they want to increase revenues. And like I had said before, like being, being sick the last couple of days, while I'm not happy about it, it is giving me some of that time that I was looking for to do some strategic planning for next year and arguably even for the next couple of years, which is something that if you're an SMB owner or leader, manager, what have you, you very often don't have the time to do because you're wrapped up in the day-to-day of doing the business. And some of that is somewhat self-inflicted right? No matter what the industry vertical is, everyone has an element of sales. Even doctor's offices have an element of sales. It's not necessarily what they've concentrated on in all their years of medical school, but it doesn't change the fact that in order to grow a business, you have to be you know, focused on sales business development strategy and ways to increase revenues that everyone can follow, right? So a lot of that means taking stock of what exactly are your goals And figuring out what's missing. Like again, standard advisor type of stuff, figuring out where you, where you are right now, where you want to go and what's the best course of action to get there. You know, big thought there is it's not, doesn't have to be just you. You have plenty of people who can help guide you to the promised land of, you know, a great process, not a sales process per se. I love that tidbit, a buying process because it forces business owners to look at the other side of the table. So another quick thought there, it's really helpful to sharpen skills around building rapport and creating influence with people. And I love the fact that one of your favorite books is How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. There's a reason that that book's been in print for, what, like 80 years or something like that? So it's, it's something that, you know, although products and services and market conditions and climates and everything change along the way, Winning friends and being able to influence people is something that's kind of reigned consistent throughout the years. And it does have a lot to do with sales strategy and business development. But along those same lines, you know, you had mentioned you knew like you knew you didn't want to be a salesperson anymore. You wanted to be a sales manager. And then there's the other part, which is a sales leader, which I always have you know, discerned a big difference between leadership and management. Correct. But, you know, I, I share the sentiment for sure that the best salespeople are definitely not always the best managers and certainly not the best leaders all the time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's, it's good to, to really put some, put some thought into who's managing the day to day, who's leading the charge as far as empowering all of the people who work for you as like a macro idea. But it's very often, again, when you're an SMB owner and leader, you're just worried about the day-to-day. You're worried about getting things wrapped up for the week on Fridays here so that you can actually enjoy football this weekend. I'm having a Friendsgiving dinner with some of our friends here in town. So, But then coming back on Monday and being able to take some action, which a lot of people don't do after know, drinking and football and everything. So, John, this is the method part of the show, the science behind what you do. And really, I like to bucket that as what do you do? How do you do it? And how do you go to market for it? So give us the lay of the land.
1: Right. Okay. So again, most of my clients are struggling with sales. They're stuck right? That's they get to some point, great idea, great concept. To your point, maybe the owner is the top salesperson because he's so passionate or she's so passionate about what they do. You know, the sales is natural. It's not even sales, you know, it's it's just communicating the benefits of products and services to clients that have the need. And it just seems to come together like magic. But over time, um, you know, that can only take you so far. Uh, and, and, you know, there there is a process to everything, right? People talk about successful business is really just two things, people and processes, okay? And if they're working and they're in tandem and they're appropriate, then, then you're going to win. The second, you know, another thing that everybody hears is, you know, what gets measured gets fixed. And that's one of the things that business owners just haven't taken the time don't understand or it's just gotten away from them measuring results okay i mean we all have the big number sales that's that's easy enough okay but there are so many other things that take you to those sales dollars so many activities so many things that are done uh that that can be measured because in essence Sales can be a bit of a math formula, right? In other words, if you need to do a million dollars in sales and the average sale is $100,000, that's 10 sales you need, okay? To get 10 sales, you may have learned over time, you have to propose yourself to 100 people, okay? Um, And to get to those 100 people, you may have to call on 1,000 people, all right? So then you gotta take your 1,000 people, divide it by the number of days or or your work units that you're going through, and that's something to be measured. At least you know you're on the right path to the ultimate sales goal, okay? Now, part of the other method to the madness is, again, many business owners just never documented a process, even if they have. Or they let every salesperson have their own process like well I hired him I hired her she's a good salesperson go do it, and the only method that they use to judge them is their end sales amount okay. Uh, in many cases you may have very talented people that just haven't been given the tools or the guidance to get where they need to go or don't even understand where the goal line is. that. That's that's one that's so big, Um, you know, nine out of 10 companies that I start to help when I say, do you assign quotas to salespeople? And they say, no, okay? They don't have sales quotas. So back to your other point about forecasting and planning and goals and where you want to go. One of the first things I do with a client is we have to sit down and talk about our growth trajectory, all right? Uh, Where do you want to go over what period of time and at what rate, okay? And generally, there's three common, right? One is slow and steady. Hey, I just need to keep this thing growing. Three to five to 7% would be wonderful because I've been flat or going backwards for years, okay? Then there's the double digit folks, okay? I need 10 to 20%, the kind of things that get banks and investors and other things excited, um, you know, that 10 to 20% kind of growth. And uh, that's probably the ones I work with most, to be honest with you. It's exciting. You've got goals. The investment is there. There's going to be investments in in people and process and maybe equipment, depending on what you do. Um, but it's extremely doable. And then there's the, you know, rockets that, you know, hey, I wanna sell this business in five years. I've been told it's worth this much. I need five times that to retire at my comfort level. How do we grow this thing three times in five years? Is it doable? Yes, but obviously a much bigger investment in people, time, equipment, etc. cetera. So we balance budget against goal, okay? Once we get there, then my job is to determine how to divide that goal amongst the people we have doing the selling job so that everybody gets a quota, everybody's gonna be measured. And at any point in time, we're gonna see where everybody is, what they're doing, how they're achieving, et cetera. Now, the best way to do that is obviously you document it, you get everybody to understand it, but you must have a CRM. Uh, you know, for It's interesting, we do a, an assessment with every client so between the 200 of us, I believe we do something like 2,800 assessments a year, and then we do a big annual report on where companies in the 5 to $50 million small and mid-sized businesses fall on different scales of knowledge and implementation of sales processes, procedures, and the things that we teach and, and implement for our clients. And I just saw it the other day again because I just needed to verify it. You know, it's only about fifty percent of companies in that size range that have or use a CRM system. And I say use because you know, maybe many more have them because somebody told them you need a CRM yes. system and yeah. they use it as a giant Rolodex. Maybe they put something in it, maybe they don't, you know. So but when I complicated
0: a client, spreadsheet.
1: Exactly. When I help a client, I will help them. If they have a CRM, I'll work with it. If they want a recommendation, I'll make one. But we're gonna take that sales process, we're gonna embed it in the CRM. So everybody's following the same process and procedure to take us down our path to success. And then we're gonna assign those goals, quotas, KPIs, maybe that's number of calls or number of customer visits or whatever. And we're gonna turn those into a scorecard and a dashboard, okay? So, you you know, at the beginning of the game every day, where the goal line is, okay. And you know how you're progressing towards that goal. And as a manager, you'll get to see how everybody gets to progress. Now one point I always like to make quickly because sales managers, I mean sales people a lot of times say, they just want me to put that stuff in there because they want to, you know, suck my knowledge and and you know, if they fire me, they know what's going on. I try to tell sales people I can't run my business without a CRM, okay? I'm working with my clients. I have my own CRM. Everything I do is in my CRM system. I have my own pipeline. I'm monitoring my progress. I don't know how to do it any other way. Uh, and if uh, salespeople see CRM as a solid tool to run their mini business within the business, because their territory or their goal or you know their what they're going to accomplish is kind of their own mini business, right? Mm-hmm. And yep. then they get to track themselves. So you know, I just encourage salespeople and I train them to look at it as your tool, not a management tool. Okay. Right. And, uh, you know, once we have a lot of that in place, then, you know, the other things I do for clients can evolve around hiring additional salespeople, compensation plans, um, compensation plans are something that, you know, a lot of times I'll, I'll talk to owners and they're like,
5: you know, these damn
1: salespeople just don't do what I want them to do. Okay. Okay. Um, Well, that kind of tells me that your compensation plan is not paying them to do what you want them to do, but I can almost guarantee it's probably making them the most money. So, you know, salespeople are smart. They're there to make a living. They're hunters. They know that's their tote board. Okay. So, you know, one of the things we do right away is look at the compensation plans. Are they rewarding the appropriate behavior for the company's growth objectives? Okay. So I won't get into a long thing on that, but, you know, that comp plan is an extremely important thing to look at to entice good salespeople. Then also, you know, we, we, we hire new salespeople for our clients. Sometimes we have to let some go. They're just not appropriate fits. Um, uh, they, they, they don't have the, the motivation or the skill set to take us where we need to go. Uh, we do have, Sales Acceleration does have an in-house recruiting firm, so we can help them obtain salespeople and watch that whole process and monitor it for about a third of the price of your normal recruiters. Uh, and we give a six-month guarantee because we're so involved with the client, deciding who we want, interviewing them, and writing an onboarding plan and training them. Which is something we do with with all of our clients and sales teams. We know this person's going to succeed, so we give them a six-month guarantee and you know there's many other things we do consulting in between there but uh you know once a lot of that process work is done then it's time to spend more time in the field with the sales force so we will do uh, in field sales calls we will do one to one coaching each week we will put in a cadence of um a sales meeting every week for everybody to attend and help one another um you know it's interesting some people say fractional you know how how much can you get accomplished part time okay And I ask every one of my business owners, be honest with me, how many hours do you personally spend with the sales team or on the sales process besides what you do sell? Okay. I think the most honest answer I ever got on the high end was six hours, but the average was, I don't know, an hour, maybe two (laughs) hours. I chat with them in the halls. They bring me bids to look at, you know? So again, there's no time being spent on it now. And, uh, you know, obviously compensation is important to salespeople, but all the stats today tell you the number one motivating thing for a salesperson is recognition, being recognized for what they do. Every employee I I would probably say that's true for, but people always thought it was, oh, it's just money. Salespeople are only motivated by money. Now they want to be recognized. They want to know that they're doing the right thing and they want the pat on the back and the support to do more of it. So hold that
0: thought. We got to take, we got to take a quick break, but I love it. We'll be right back with John Noonan, president of growth plan partners powered by sales acceleration. Stay with us.
4: Are you passionate about the conversation around racism
0: Welcome back to Always Friday with me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy, not just me. We're hanging with John Noonan, president of Growth Plan Partners, powered by Sales Acceleration. Some great tidbits from John in the methodology segment. I want to just follow up with two quick thoughts before we get deep into the madness, John. You know, again, it's, it's not necessarily consulting that you guys do. It's like consulting very often sounds like, like, like you had described as people go, you know, they get some uh, tools, they go online, they try to figure out the map and the compass to navigate the wilderness. What you're doing and what your colleagues are doing is really more of a guide through the wilderness, which most of the time is what business owners and leaders are looking for. They, they very often have a tough time asking for it and coming to terms with it. Back to your assessment, right? Cause anytime I hear the word assessment, I always think of my consulting background I, I clicked on the assessment just for fun mm-hmm. and the first question got me going in the right in the right direction immediately you talked about you know big, bigger companies corporate America a lot of times they'll have metrics and things established for sales but the a lot of times when you're a small medium-sized business, there's nothing right so w- when I took a look at the assessment the, the first question says how do you determine your company's sales objectives each year? And I feel like the, the, first, the first option that was there was the one that, even though people won't mention it this way, it's the one that they're living by in the small, medium sized business world. We don't. We just want to do better than last year.
1: There you go. <laughs> it's true.
0: <laughs> so on that note, this is the madness part of the show, John. So madness right. has to do with the artistic observational view of what you do, stories you have from the field, no subject to taboo. I know that you know most of the folks in the sales acceleration program have on average 25 years of experience. That's how you guys have 5,000 years of, of sales leadership training and management and just general experience. But you know, definitely want to hear some stories you have from the field. You know, the, the idea of outsourcing crucial business functions is one that I've spent most of my career talking about. And right. sa- there's almost no more crucial sale- function than sales, right? Because if you're not really embodying sales, you're not going to increase your revenues year over year. So right. talk to us a little bit about what the travels have been like. Give us some stories from the field.
1: Sure, sure. Well, you know, it's funny, I'll go right to the first point you made about, you know, goal setting. And uh, that line came directly out of a client's mouth when I sat down with them and said, okay, what's our sales forecast for next year? Where do you want to be next year? And the simple answer was better than last year. Okay. And I had to say a dollar better. Well, it should be more than that. I said, $5 Five million dollars better, well, I don't know if we can get there. and I said, well, that's the point we, we We've got to put a stake in the ground. We've got to have some goals here that we can work with. so um you know you you made a lot of points about a business owner getting really busy and not being able to focus on the sales function, and that's that's what we do. We put all of our effort there. We let the business owner kind of retract from it all. They can participate as much as they like. But, uh, you know, then then they find themselves much more efficient by going, helping the balance of the business and doing other things that are more visionary instead of implementer types of things that we were doing on a regular basis. So, you know, other stories is just working with sales teams. and And, you know, I mentioned before how much, you know appreciation is, is uh, you know, a motivator to sales teams and things like that. And I love going out and working with salespeople. But you see a lot of the problems that are created. I talked earlier about, you know, looking at the buying process, not the sales process when right. you're out with a client. So I started with a new company, went out with their top salesman, their absolute top salesman, big account, you know, I was going to make a presentation. I had only been there maybe a week, something like that. So I was going to be quiet and observe. And, you know, I walked into the meeting and there were six or eight people on the other side of the table. Okay, so it was a buying committee for a large organization. And this company was given the opportunity to make their presentation from an RFP or whatever. And this gentleman hardly shook a hand. Okay, just kind of said, hi, everybody. You know, I'm Bob and uh, we're here to tell you about ABC Company. And uh, he just went to slide one. And started talking about ABC Company. okay. Hopefully and not reading high. directly from the slides.: End reading and reading directly from the slides. <laughs> very engaging. Right. It's very engaging. And it's just what these people wanted, I'm sure. And I just watched the the rolled eyes and the glaze and the this and the that. And, you know, he finished it acceptably and, and, you know, then said, are there any questions and things like that? But then it was almost just a courtesy to get us out of the room, you know, type of thing. And and I went to him and I said, you know, have you met any of these people? Have you talked to any of these people before? Yeah, well, I talked to one in purchasing. They, they got us this thing, you know, didn't we do great? And I said, no, we did horrible. I said, we, we don't know any anything more about these people than the minute we entered the room. So one of the things, and it's a little sales tip, tidbit, whatever that, that I instructed this company to do moving forward, I said, any presentation you ever make again in front of clients, be it one or 10, I want the first slide to say what we know about you today. And all you may have been able to get was a little bit of research off the internet. You know, you're XYZ company and you have so many locations and your growth trajectory is this and you love being green and you're going to redo whatever the heck you can find. Um, but obviously, if you know the people, look them up on LinkedIn, you know, and sure. I know that Bob went to NYU and Sally has a degree in this or that. Just throw it up there, you know, first off, makes them feel good person actually took the time to research something about me personally pretty damn nice you know um but it what it does is it opens a conversation so this same salesperson to finish this story maybe a month later had a similar presentation he had his 62 slides ready to tell his story and he put up the first one what we know about you today one hour and 15 minutes later we walked out of the room and never got to slide two We just talked for an hour and 15 minutes, and he said, well, you know, you kind of got those things right, but we're growing at a much faster pace and we're going to be doing, oh, well, then we could do this and, you know, and all of us, how are you involved? What's your process? What should we do for you? Hour and 15 minutes, one slide up on the screen that says what we know about you today. So, you know, just some of the war stories and some of the things that don't put enough emphasis on, and they wonder, boy, why didn't that go well? You know what, you know, and 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 sales training in general, and you kind of talked about, you know, um, how to win friends and influence people. I'm a, I'm a big believer in ongoing sales training. Uh, we partner closely with Sandler and Dale Carnegie, and they are great training institutions. Um, some people say, well, don't you compete with them? No, we we don't do ongoing sales training. I do coaching. I, I coach salespeople individually. I help them. Uh, but I think sales, um, I mean, uh, Sandler and, and Dale Carnegie kind of appreciate when we're in there first, because part of our jobs, as I talked about before, is to make sure we have the right butts in the right seat, so to speak.
2: Sure, and once yeah. we
1: do, everyone loves to invest in a motivated, talented person, as opposed to the old saying, putting lipstick on a pig that's, you know, not, not going to win you any any ribbons at the fair. So uh, just a couple of of ones that kind of came to mind to me there. So. Um, So
0: so there's a couple of case studies that are on some of your content mm -hmm. out there. And I know some some things you might have participated in, some of them might have just come from the sales acceleration stories from over the last 15 years since its inception. But there was one I was looking at, back to your CRM discussion from before, construction Mm -hmm. company case study. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this is something that's very sensitive to me with the CRM world, because I've seen so much of that over the years where somebody said you needed to have a CRM system and the people just use it as a more complicated spreadsheet mm-hmm. and not really with any sort of rhyme and reason. Right. And you know, like that's, it, it. a lot of times it's because the, the technology itself, like if you use Salesforce as an example is expensive to license and people th- consider that to be the biggest expense. Right. I consider the biggest expense with something like Salesforce to be spent on implementation mm-hmm. and too and too many times I've seen people license the technology and then have their own people internally figure out how to implement it when it's not right. really any part of their expertise. Have you Correct. seen that out there as well?
1: Oh, a- absolutely. I mean, I've seen, you know, you know, whether you call it deal process, opportunity process, whatever the heck it is. And, and depending on the one that you're using, just random stuff put in there and and with no thought, no rhyme or reason. Well, it kind of came that way and we just adapted to it. And, you know, we just worked it that way um, it, it, and it's amazing. Um, or they're they're not using the tool as a guide. I mean, there's so much AI out there, right? Artificial intelligence. So today, with any major CRM system, you know, you can have, everybody's using LinkedIn to find people, right? So we're going to find people on LinkedIn, whether we have Navigator and we're doing these massive searches or we're just doing our one-on-one stuff in regular LinkedIn. You know, part of the headache is, oh God, now I got to type this crap in, right? Um, last thing you want a sales person doing is typing it in and you're not going to pay somebody to do it. There's software out there already. There's one called Leadjet. They actually just changed their name. I'm sorry, but anything you do on LinkedIn pulled right into your CRM, just say, pull it into CRM name, phone number, no typing, no more typing, just notes and information and attachments. Okay. So you've got that to start your process. And if you build a good process and you follow it, I mean the busier you get, the more you have to keep track of things. Right? Yes. I mean, I was a calendar person. I used to use the daily planner, written one, then we got to computers and digital and outlook. And I use my calendar every day for appointments and to do yes. that kind of thing. But one of the things is activities, you know, in, in all good CRM systems, every time you're looking at an account or an opportunity, You know, what's the next activity? This is what I focus salespeople on. There's really two things I want to talk about when you're talking to me about a potential account. What have you done? When did you complete it? Okay. And what are you going to do? And when are you going to complete it? Okay. And this is how we keep track of things. Okay. Well, I showed them some samples. He's got some interest. Uh, Next thing I want to do is get him to come visit the plant, you know, so that they can see it. Great. When are you going to do that? What's your commitment to do that? Okay. And if you're diligent in working with all of your clients, all you do is pull up your daily activity list and it's right there in front of you. You said you were going to do this, call that guy, mail this, send a sample, go visit this person, boom, 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 boom. And you just automatically become so much more efficient than trying to remember things. And, and, you know, there's a term out there called lead nurturing, right? Um, In other words, you know, you can have a great marketing company and, and, Leads, really, you know, there's two two areas. There's interest and, and need, okay? And then there's timing, all right? You need both to make a sale, okay? But when you have interest and need, okay, but the timing may be six months from now, once you learn that, you've got to nurture that, okay? You've got to make sure that you put time and effort into Staying top of mind, staying in contact, even though you know a decision's not going to be made for six months, um, you need to nurture that lead. And those are all parts of your activity and and maybe email blasts that, that are out there generating interest for you. Um, another stat that just kind of came to mind as we're talking about this is in the average B2B sale today, there are 9.5 influencers to the sale in a company. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what's an influencer, you may never meet an influencer. Okay, you may only deal with two people at the company. There's Bob and there's Sally, right, and I go meet Bob and Sally, and they're going to make this decision. They may ultimately make it, they may sign the purchase order, they may give you the order, whatever it may be, but there's probably another seven people behind them
5: that are going to have to
1: know something about your company, what you do, how you do it, and can landmine you if they don't like what they're hearing, even though they've never met you or seen what you do. So it's important to market to a much broader swath of people within an organization so that they have an understanding of who you are and what you do. So when they're sometimes, you know, CFO may never be in any of your meetings. Okay. But I can assure you, he's signing something about your order down the line. So if you can find out who that person is, just go 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 five or to nine ways deep in an organization. Find the HR, the purchasing, yep. the CFO, all people that may have an influence, get their emails. It's easy enough to do with lists or whatever, and get them on your marketing cadence of e-blasts and information. They may ignore it, but at least when they're asked about you, say, hey, I've seen something on them. I don't remember where, but they seem like an okay company. Fine, do it, as opposed to... Never heard of these guys. Who the hell are they? Give me some data or I vote no. You know? <laughs> so we got to
0: take a quick break, but I sure. just to point something out here, the construction case study, right? Yep. It said the big win, the company set a sales record in its first quarter of implementation projected $3 million increase over yep. the next three years. Yep. But then when you look at the testimonial that these folks left, it, it was almost funny to me. It's like sales acceleration came in and helped us fix a broken sales process in our organization. We implemented commission plans, a sales playbook, CRM and trained existing salespeople. It it was a significant investment, but they delivered exceptional value. And using your example from before of, well, do you want to increase by a dollar or $5 million? Right. Well, this, if, if you're increasing a projected $3 million, that's pretty sizable. Like, it, it's a lot of times small, medium sized business owners can be penny wise and pound foolish. And this, this, like, it immediately struck me that way is like, it was a significant investment, but they delivered value. It's like, I bet bet that's the case. I don't think they spent $3 million on implementing that.
1: Right, right. Exactly.
0: (laughs) So we're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with John Noonan, president of Growth Plan Partners, powered by Sales Acceleration. Stay with us, everyone. Thank you. Hey, everybody. It's Tommy D., the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from my attic. Welcome back to Always Friday with me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. We are chatting with John Noonan, president of Growth Plan Partners, which is powered by Sales Acceleration. John, some great tidbits here. I hope everybody's listening. You don't have to do it alone is one of the biggest messages that I take away from discussions like this. I'm going to throw out there a couple of testimonials pertinent to some of the case studies for for Sales Acceleration and through the work that John does. And some of them are even pertinent to some of the little messages that John was sharing just now. But, you know, Sales Acceleration came in and developed a new plan for the organization which created a positive work environment through refined sales processes and key personnel changes. Sometimes business owners have a hard time letting go of people. It's like they they have that family feeling which I always laugh when I when I get that from people. It's like you do realize that one out of every two families ends in divorce, right? Uh but but yeah, it's yeah, you know, one of those things where sometimes if someone's not working out, you know, pe- people who operate own and operate small medium-sized businesses might have trouble making some really drastic changes. Uh, Here's another one. The owner now has overall confidence that within the next 24 to 36 months, the new sales organization will generate 50% of company sales. He feels like the sales organization has been built for sustainability and growth. This is really important because you had mentioned before certain companies that you had worked with over the years, they grew without acquisition. But then you mentioned some other ones that grew even larger with acquisitions. Mm-hmm. Succession planning and getting out of certain businesses these days, given you know, the influx of all the millennials and Gen Z folks to the workforce and baby boomers and even some Gen Xers e- exiting the workforce, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of times in my travels, and you, you tell me if this is kind of consistent with what you see. When somebody's a small, medium sized business owner, they'll look at the business as their retirement plan, pure and simple. One day they'll right. just go, Oh, I'm going to hang it up and uh, pay me for my business. It's like that process. Typically, if you talk to any succession planning specialists or anybody like that, they'll tell you that that process starts about 36 months before you really want it to happen.
1: Yeah. At, at minimum.
0: At yeah. minimum. <laughs> right? So sales acceleration brought in the sales structure and strategy. We needed to be successful. Thank you. And again, like I read, I read testimonials like that and it's, it's, it's cool. Makes me feel good. But I also, I like what you first said when we got started, it's not a sales process. It's a buying process. Nobody likes to be sold. They love to buy. Correct. (laughs) Right.
1: That's it. That's exactly right. So. So,
0: John, the whole idea with the message part of the show to bring things home here from weekend insight to Monday impact, we want to leave everybody with some sound bites they can actually remember over the weekend. I know you have uh, the assessments that people could take, which is going to be in the show notes. You have free consultations where people could book time with your Calendly link and all that. But you know what, what else do you want to leave people with over the weekend that gives them some food for thought to hit you up on Monday morning?
1: Yeah but well, let me just reemphasize the assessments I mean the the one on on my website or you know in my email trails and what you'll post is is just a simple 10 question one Literally take you three minutes, three minutes, so that we can have a real intelligent conversation. And again, no obligation, happy to talk to anybody about their current situation. Um, one of the things I pride myself on, and I know most of the sales um, um, acceleration folks do as well, is, you know, we are truly advisors and counselors, you know, that help you do the work. We're not here to sell you OK, we, we wouldn't be doing our jobs if we were. So, you know, we want to look at your current situation and we'll be brutally honest with you if we can help you. But the assessment is kind of like, you know, the examination that your doctor does right before he treats you. I'm not going to prescribe anything to you until I know what your systems are. I mean, your symptoms are and, and what we can do about it. So please, prescription you know. without
0: diagnosis is malpractice.
1: There you go, Bob. Boom. I love it. So uh, I encourage anybody that that feels like they're stuck to uh, to do that. Even if you just want to chat, I'm I'm happy to have a chat and talk about your situation and, and what you can do. But you know, simplistically, you know, some of the other sound bites to think about, you know, how much time are you spending with your sales force? How much time are you spending on that process? And are you just leaving them alone to do it? Even if you don't, you know, engage with me or anybody else. I've got to encourage you to, uh, you know, get together with your sales team, sit down, talk about a game plan, put some goals together and and do it as a team. One of the first things I say in my very first sales meetings with everyone, every client I've ever worked with and every company I've ever managed is my first line is, gentlemen and ladies, sales is a team sport. If you feel um, otherwise, there's the door, okay? because." Lone rangers and those ones that want to do it on their own. And, you know, it's a balance of company goals and objectives against, you know, their ability to earn money and, and what they should be doing. So, uh, you know, sales, I,
0: sales, marketing, and operations need to be singing in unison. You said it before with sales and marketing, I would definitely bring operations in there as well. This, is, this is great stuff, John. People need yeah. to be, need to know that folks like you are out there and it's not all incumbent upon them to figure out the best yeah. sales strategy and the best buying process. Sure so right. you have to be able to look at it from the from the consumer's side of the table. You have a direct line, 914-450-9190. So people can give you a call. You do have an email that's with the sales acceleration folks. I know your preference of email is Noonan right. at growth plan partners, but they will both find John no matter what. They'll be yep. in the show notes so you guys could find him. John, thank you so much for joining me here today. Really appreciate you spending some time with me.
1: Thank you, Steve. Appreciate it very much.
0: Before I let you go, though, I am going to revisit the answers you gave me to my favorite questions. Who's your favorite movie or TV show character? What's your favorite movie or TV show? What's your favorite musical instrument? And who's the artist you'd like to hear play it? So I guess it's no surprise that, that since you help various enterprises with sales, that your favorite TV show character is the commander of the USS Enterprise, none other, none other than James Tiberius Kirk. There so there's, there's a lot to be said for, you know, Captain Kirk and what you do. You know, Kirk leads his crew as they explore new worlds, new civilizations, and boldly go where no man has gone before. There you go, man or woman. These days, we're not trying to you know have the have the sexist right. part of it, but yeah, you know, any any per, go boldly go where no person has gone before. And right. really, where SMBs they might not have felt the need or the desire or the even the reality that you can have an outsourced VP of sales, a fractional CRO, if you will. Yeah, but or believe yeah.
1: they can get there. Yeah,
0: exactly. They look at it as something. Hey, I could do it myself. You can always do everything yourself, but you're not giving yourself the best chance a lot of times, Mm -hmm. right? So your favorite movie is Caddyshack, one of my favorites as well. So Caddyshack, an exclusive golf course, has to deal with a brash new member, a destructive dancing gopher, and the goofball caddies themselves, which is one of the reasons you think of Caddyshack, and I thought of it as soon as you mentioned it. One of the main characters' names is Danny Noonan. There you go. <laughs> and he works as a caddy at the club just to earn enough money to go to college. He's trying to kiss the butt of Judge Schmale so he can get into the caddy scholarship program and become an attorney or whatever the hell he wants to do. But you know, it's it, it's great stuff, man. Like it's, it's first as soon as you said Caddy Shack, I was like Danny Noonan, obviously.
1: <laughs> and we won't miss it, Noonan. We're going to make okay. sure you make that shot like he did.
0: <laughs> exactly. So your favorite instrument and artist is one of my favorites as well. And a very popular answer, quite possibly the most popular one this year is you like the piano and you like Billy Joel. So there, certain lyrics from his songs actually made me think of the business owners who have really trouble getting this type of concept. Like, I don't care what you say anymore. This is my life. This is my business. It's Like when you're talking about like why the people haven't taken direction from the owners, it's like, do they want to know why, or they just say, don't ask me why I have no idea, but it's something that struck a couple of nerves with me, but no matter what uh, I gave you the today's school of what Billy Joel looks like and, uh, the old school of what Billy Joel looks like. So no matter what you're looking good,
1: (laughs) thank you, sir. John,
0: great pleasure to have you here. Once again, I'm going to let you go for the day. Uh, Coming up next week, it is going to be Thanksgiving shortly, so I'm not going to do a show on next Friday. We'll be back with more on Friday, December 2nd at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Until then, thank you for joining us on Always Friday. We hope you gain some weekend insight to make a Monday impact. Have a great weekend. We'll, we will see you on December 2nd right here on Talk Radio NYC after Tommy D on Philanthropy and Focus. Have a great weekend, everyone.